My brain broke there for a minute. Um, There's too not, many hellos. If it, Shit. Is it, is it at least an even number of hellos? I, I don't. I don't want to end on an odd number. Oh, now we just got we got to start the show all over again because I don't know. It's going to bother me. Um, but yes, cranked and ranked. This is the podcast that you've stumbled upon, or uh, you're bored enough to listen to, um, and we do these kind of intros. Where, yeah, who the fuck knows uh, what's coming or what kind of show this is going to be? Uh, could be a, a complete <laughs> mess, but um, ho- let's hope not. Um, but thank you for joining us. Um, as usual, your host, Old Head, with me as always, Eddie Sparks. That's me. Yeah, Eddie Sparks, yeah. who who just last night. Do you have a window open? Yeah, I'm gonna need you to shut to, that. <laughs> you don't. You don't have to. It was just like it was like a car like went past. And we're like, oh shit, man. Yeah, no. I thought I thought like, you lived in a rural area. Hey, man. Look, it, it, this is Britain. The line between urban and rural is is paper thin. Like I, expe- I expected to hear some the clopping of a horse carriage. <laughs> <laughs> the, here, here's the thing, right? You are as likely to run into horse riders as you are someone doing donuts in a Subaru in the middle of the street. This is like, it's weird. It's yeah. like a, yeah. This is prime boy racer territory. So like anyone mm. with a, any, anyone with a souped up car is going, oh, look, look at how fucking loud my exhaust is. Bang! Bang! You know, it's like, yeah. Okay, we get it. Your car is cool. There's a... <laughs> There's some. There's occasionally bangs in my neighborhood, but that's just because somebody's getting shot. Um, Damn, dude! Not n- not ever America. <laughs> fuck yeah! <laughs> and I'm not even. I'm not even really kidding. Um, but but I but I live in one of those neighborhoods where there you hear gunfire and you hear of there being shootings, but they're always shootings where it's like two two people shooting at each other, or something mm. like that, or uh, you know people that are into some shady shit shooting each other. It's not like a mass shooting. I, I, yeah. I live I live in that bad part of town where it's actually pretty safe. <laughs> mm, yeah, <laughs> um, it's it, that is wild culturally for me to you know picture. You know, yeah. The only the only like r- the only gunshots I hear around here are hunting. That's it. And oh. you know you hear you hear it in the distance, like very far away in like wooded areas. Like so, you'll hear the old like distant. Like just barely hit your eardrum, and you'll be like, "Oh, someone's out hunting." Uh, whereas over there, like two blocks down, someone's popping a cap in a motherfucker. Hmm. I mean, you mm. literally hear like that's those are the kind of gunshots you hear. You hear like a pop, 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 and that's Damn. that's all that's all you hear. And you know, it's like, oh, that was just that was that was just one dude getting whacked. That wasn't a yeah. gunfight. <laughs> That's fucking wild to me, man. Like that's, it, that's how it works, man. If you really want to kill somebody, you get, that's the thing I hate about movies and TV shows is just, you just shoot them once in the shoulder and walk away. I'm like, no, nah. no, you walk up real close twice in the head, twice in the chest, walk away. Okay. That's how yeah. you do it. You at least unload a third of a clip, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, 
but yes, um, yeah, those are the, we, we, we live in, I mean, like not just our countries, but our areas that we live in are just, um, vastly different, but you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, it, it's, uh, I, I, I have to admit though, like my actual like street and the streets surrounding me and my neighbors, like I, I got some, some cool and nice people. Um, I, 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 I know, I know for damn sure that my neighbor carries a gun around with him. Um, but he's a nice guy and he likes me. So it's all good. Mm. He's just, he's, he'll be there uh, to protect me if I need him probably. <laughs> yeah. You, you, definitely, you definitely want to keep the guy with a gun on your side. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so, uh, but that, but that, you know, I'm sorry, this is going to, I was, I was about to say before we ever got into that, I was going to say that, um, I, I, I introduced you and then I was going to say who last night the, had the premiere of his new band, uh, Sage. Sage, and uh, yeah. so they had their first show last night. So I'm gonna I'm gonna say like if if anyone's got a problem with with Eddie having low energy today, just remember like he was living the rock and roll lifestyle last night, and so um, yeah, he's probably man. not fully recovered. I yeah, uh, I mean, rock and roll is going out playing a gig to a room full of hot chicks, and then packing your kit down. Going home and then working a nine-hour retail shift. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, sadly, uh, that is that's what it, that's what it's come down to a lot of times. Hmm. But um, but yeah, I saw I saw some footage and it, it looked like you guys had a good time and um and you guys played. See, when you sent me the set list of what you guys played, I was like, oh, this is like one of those shows that like the Beatles would play, where it's like you were the only band playing and you were expected to play for a long time. So you mm-hmm. guys had originals and covers. Like in different in different portions of the set, whereas like any band I was ever in, if we your first show was literally you had time for four songs because you were the first band out of five um, yeah. at some bar and you probably were playing at about seven, maybe eight. Um, yeah. yeah, we. I mean, we we were. I mean, the the other two members of the band are pretty local to the area, but um, you know. When you've got friends, you know, there is that thing of, you know, it's all networking, it's all connections. You need, uh, thankfully, I, the uh, more writing and um, arrangement kind of guy, I get more time to focus on that, whereas uh, the other two have more connections and experience. And, you know, I'm I'm the youngest in the band, so, mm-hmm. you know, you know, A... Um, Stranger Things also made Metalhead sexy again. So <laughs> I'm enjoying that. Not not me. I'm still. I think I still fall into that category where they where they. I, the, I think the beard throws everybody off because you're either into this or this is the worst thing you could ever find. Um, yeah, man. But when you when you find those that do, that the beard is like a the beard's like what what is it called like a litmus test or what whatever it is to just like weed out the the finest. Yeah. You're a man of quality. Oh, I appreciate it. Yeah. yeah. Um, speaking of that, the the only the only critique I can give you from the from the stuff that you sent me uh, about your band is um, we got to talk about the other two members' hair game. Um, yeah, they're gonna have to grow that shit out because uh, I mean I, yeah. I'm not gonna be able to take them seriously otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> I I have been saying I have been saying to Shannon, dude, even if it's a wig. Like just uh, an easy an easy e Jerry curl under that cap is is gonna rock. <laughs> um, but no, but no, it's that's great that you guys got your shit going, and that's that's exciting. Like I like it's exciting for me. I, I actually like this because 
I don't ever want to be in a band ever again. I, <laughs> I, I got so tired of it. But now I'm, it's almost like my son started a band. I mean, you could, you, could, you could be my son. And so I'm just real excited for like, oh, man, you guys are going to like, you know, I mean, you already have original songs. I'm just like, oh, you're going to go out and play. It's going to be fun. And, and, it's, and it's still early on in your life where you're not jaded about it yet. And maybe mm. you won't even get jaded. Maybe you'll get picked up and become a, a, a famous musician and you can have that kind of life. And that would hey, be man, I'm just saying it's real hard being a rock star stuck in an average Joe's body. What can I say, dude? Yeah, they, okay, I mean, come, okay, come on. <laughs> come on now. You are, you are, you are the, the, the... I'm in a rock star body. Okay, yeah, cool. <laughs> you are the looks for sure on this podcast. Um, probably the brains as well. Um, I think I'm just the I'm the guy steering the ship. That's it. <laughs> never, never before did I ever think in my life that I would be the math guy on a show. But I, I always end up whipping the calculator out. I mean, I mean, math is uh, is strangely important. Kids, don't yeah. uh, don't neglect your studies um, or, or maths, as it's known over here. Maths, yes, maths. Um, anyway, so, uh, before we, we get going, I wanted to do, I wanted to read something real quick because we occasionally I get emails, um, and you can email me too at oldheadpodcast at gmail.com. Um, or, I mean, or you can just comment, you know, on a video, but for some reason it's easier for me to like remember emails because sometimes we get a lot of comments and the emails are just in my inbox and I see them, but I just thought this was an important email to read. Um, cool. uh, you'll, 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 uh, you'll appreciate this. This email came from, uh, Mr. Duncan Evans and he says, okay. I listened to the noose because you and Edward Sparkington Esquire made fun of it. <laughs> I laughed my tits off at it. Unfortunately, it's now part of my regular playlist and I love it. I hate you both regards Duncan. So... <laughs> So first of all, our life free <laughs> hey, from the rope. The body just put in there. <laughs> and, you know, and so here's the thing. When he said that we made fun of it, I was like, well, I mean, I, I didn't really make fun of it because I actually like it. And, and I like it because it sounds weird. And yeah. I, I said, I wish that he did an entire. We're talking about Six Feet Under with the vocalist Chris Barnes, who was previously in Cannibal Corpse. And a mm-hmm. lot of people are poking fun at the fact that he, his vocals are nowhere near as good as they were. Um, and he does this thing now where he does. It's supposed to be like a higher pitch death metal thing like he used to do. But it's just him saying the letter E. Um, <laughs> e. And um, I don't know why. I, I just I, I think things like that just like tickle me in a way that I'm just like, look, yeah. OK, I get the I get why this is funny. But at the same time, um, I haven't thought about six feet under so much in years. Yeah. <laughs> so. Like this, this could end up being like the strange redemption arc where like we're giving it semi ironic praise, which ends up being legitimate praise. Yeah, <laughs> they would have to get better at the actual music writing part in that band in order for me to really give a damn. Because honestly, I I still I still think that if it's produced right, the way that his voice is aged, if you put some brutal music that that's really interesting and produced it in a way where everything feels kind of organic, then I think it could sound cool. But yeah, but so much, so much of the stuff that comes out, it's like so poorly produced, like it's just done on a laptop somewhere and it just doesn't feel 
Like something's always mm. weird about it to me. But you know, it, either way, we're not talking about we're not talking about uh, poorly produced death metal. We will be talking about some poorly produced music on today's episode, um, but completely different um, side of the rock and roll spectrum. To, today, we are going to be ranking the discography of Boston. Um, mm. Who? Okay, this is this is the funny thing. In my brain, I just went, "Wait, how do I not know?" Are Boston actually from Boston? Is that why they're called Boston? How do I not know this? I did no research <laughs> whatsoever, apparently. Um, I mean, they say in that one song, we're just uh, another band out of Boston. So I mean, that's I, I would have thought so. I'm, I'm not, pretty don't sure even, they are. Don't even look it up. We're just going to assume that they're from <laughs> Boston. Because otherwise, like, why would you name yourselves something from a place that you're not from? That's why that band called America, they nailed it. Because they're just like, hey, yeah, we definitely live there <laughs> in America. Oh, um, dude. And then there's, there's also a band called Texas, but they, I think they're from Ireland. So fuck those people. <laughs> anyway. Oh, dude, I'm I'm looking forward to this, man. Yeah, yeah. So, so, um, Boston. I mean, I guess everyone out there, it, even if you haven't heard all of their albums, you know more than a feeling. I mean, it's every you, single person on earth has heard more than you, a feeling. You probably People that know. aren't born yet know more than a feeling. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you. I mean, yeah, you've heard that, and probably others if you've ever listened to classic rock radio, especially in in the U.S. Because um, their first album, most of it is played on the radio regularly still. But, yeah. um, but yeah, so we, so we, um, we're jumping into this, to this discography, which is six albums spread out. Like they were, they, they yeah. only, they only have two albums that were made close together in, in a, a span of time of a couple years. Everything else has mm. big gaps in between it. I've got some theories on why that happened on a lot of the occasions. But, um, before we get into that, we, uh, usually, um, uh, talk about where the band came into our lives. And I, I'm pretty sure that I heard at least more than a feeling on randomly on the radio. But my first memory of Boston is there was a commercial. I, I used to get up really early in the morning because I wanted to watch the USA Cartoon Express and they would play like fucking Captain Caveman and Grape Ape and all of this different stuff. Um, awesome. And uh, and I just remember that there would be these long commercials for like wanting you to subscribe to a magazine of some sort. I don't know what magazine it would have been, but it was like, hey, if you subscribe to our magazine called, you know, adulting or whatever, um, you get this free CD of a of classic rock you know, a compilation. And, it, and in the commercial, it's all these like middle aged white people all like. Singing, singing along <laughs> to some. I'm doing. I'm doing like a really like really lame sort of head nodding like I'm listening to headphones, <laughs> and you know it's it yeah and it's it's all it's all like you know some guy going feel like making love and stuff like that you know and then we covered uh, that last night as well <laughs> nice <laughs> and um and then and then one of them was them singing along to more than a feeling and I just remember that was my first like no hearing that song and knowing what that song was because you see the list of songs scrolling on the on the TV you know more right. than a feeling Boston and then um several years later. This this was probably this was when I was in high school. I went through a weird phase where big, poppy, anthemic rock music. I I, I adored it. So I got really into Poison 
and 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 you know, the, the, the how if the songs were big and catchy with big guitars, I'm like, oh, this is great. And so of course, I ended up buying the Boston album finally. Although I think I may have had it earlier in life as well as a kid. I don't really remember, but I remember the specific time where the big sounds and the high vocals and all of that shit. I was just like, this is fucking perfect. I love it. And this was in the nineties. <laughs> I was gonna say, how old were you roughly when? When this happened, like your your big anthemic 17? stadium rock, set pr- seventeen, six, probably around probably around seventeen. So it's like ninety five, like yeah. mid nineties. Yeah, yeah, would have been around when, that, when that. Which ironically, when that music couldn't have been less popular. I know, like, and that's what would happen is I would be at like a used bookstore and somebody had sold open up and say ah, and it was like oh I can get this album for a dollar. All right. Yeah. And so I bought yeah. Open Up and Say Ah, and I bought Boston and all this other stuff. Um, and I just, and I, for, there was a period of time where I, I just wanted to hear this big, the big rock stuff because it was just so much fun to me, especially when it's like super catchy stuff, which is what that first Boston album is like. Yeah. And so ever since then, especially that first Boston album has been one of those albums that I've listened to a lot over the years. And mm-hmm. you can't escape it because it plays in grocery stores, in, 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 in department stores, on radio. Like, you know, it's just one of those things that you just hear early Boston, like everywhere you go. Um, but today was the first today, this week when we were preparing for this was actually the first time I listened to their last two albums that they did. Mm. And, um, so that was interesting. So, um, so yeah, that brings us up to now. So for you, where did where did Boston? I doubt Boston is on Grand Theft Auto, or is it? You would be very surprised because <laughs> Smoking is oh, of course. Smoking is on the soundtrack to um, GTA San Andreas it's on the uh, KDST classic rock station, The Dust, hosted by. Tommy the Nightmare Smith, who is, who is actually Axl Rose playing oh, a character. Okay. I feel like we just and talked about him recently too. On yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, but like I just remember there was one specific time where it was like the perfect moment where I just decided, fuck it, I'm gonna steal this military helicopter and wage war on the U.S. government, <laughs> and I just decided to take the fucking helicopter, hop in it. And like uh, the moment the blades started whirring, smoking came on. And as it took off, the song began to build. And I was just in all these like, um, I mean, I'm showing my age here, but here I am just in dogfights with other aircraft, listening to this song and thinking, I feel fucking invincible right now. (laughs) (laughs) And and like when when the song ended, I was like, that's it. My, my rampage is complete, flew it back, evaded the police, all good. Um, but I just remember that being a really special moment because I was like, I have to get the album that that song is on because that song is just too good to I me lo- now. I, I love how sometimes you tell me things and I go, maybe that's why they keep blaming video games for violent outbursts. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, that's, that's the thing, though, like, you would think something like thrash or like, um, you know, hip hop were like one of the more cliched, um, quote unquote, violent music genres. Here I am blowing away enemies in an Apache helicopter. Yeah. 
listening to something from one of the most radio-friendly albums of all time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's... But it is just such a badass song that, mm-hmm. like... I'm gonna be honest. I have broken the speed limit several times to that song. <laughs> but it never in built-up areas. Okay. I'm a Good. I'm a sensible I'm a sensible young man. Good to know. So if, any, if anyone from the from the local police department is watching, just make sure you know does you hear that part. Okay. He's he's thoughtful mm-hmm. in his breaking of the law. I I am. I am. But when I'm on the dual carriageway <laughs> <laughs> When I know I'm not gonna hit anything. But um yeah, where we, where we, are we sure, at? the way I, yeah. I, I you have know, lived in Houston, Texas for uh a little over two years now, two years and a few months. And I've already become a Houston driver. Like I don't, I don't use my signal when changing lanes um, in front of people. I don't, I don't, there's literally, if there's a school zone, like nobody, nobody slows down in a school zone. Cause there's no, especially where I live, there's no cops, no cops come here. (laughs) So so it's literally just, I I find myself being like, well, I'm going to be, I'm going to be slowing everybody else down if I, you know, drive safely. So I don't, I don't do that anymore. It's like a weird social anxiety, isn't it? That you feel on the road sometimes where you're like, I don't want to be that guy. So like, all of a sudden you end up breaking the law and you're like, I hope no one sees this, but you're also kind of like, I also don't want to be a dick. Everybody's like kind of looking at me. Um, but you know, uh, also this isn't the only, uh, song that, uh, Boston has appeared in a GTA game because it also peace of mind appears Ah. in GTA five. So, uh, it's some pretty good. Well, shit is, I think, you know, their music translates to, like, every situation. It yeah. just makes you feel good. And this is the way that this music is going to live on. Um, through, yeah. Through video games and through fucking television shows, as we've recently seen with, with Metallica, um, which I, I I am very happy for. That's the thing, is that I've, n- I've always been that person that if it's one of my favorite bands and they become even more popular, I'm all just like, this is so great. I, I love, yeah. I love that everything's just becoming Metallica. Like, yes. Cause that's just, yeah. Cause there's usually, it's usually online so much negativity towards Metallica, which is weird. Um, but now it's kind of turned a corner where you have yeah. half, half of these people just excited because of stranger things. And the other half of the people trying to prove that they were already fans, you yeah. know, <laughs> and I'm just like, I, all right. Like that, that's the thing, right? my girlfriend sent me something recently and it really put things in perspective for me there's so many people still caught up in like the fuck posers thing yeah and it's like no one really cares like no one who actually you know fucks gives a shit you know (laughs) (laughs) right (laughs) and here's my take from it right stranger things finally has people looking at 80s metalheads and thinking He's kind of hot. I'd bang a dude with long hair and a bullet belt, right? And all these dudes are like, "No, this is ugly people music. We're supposed we're supposed to not get laid. We're supposed to play D and D and not and not do not not reproduce, <laughs> you know." And it's like <laughs> not slagging off people to play D and D. I have to play D and D in the past, but like there is that like basement D&D's dweller D and D's nuts. Got <laughs> him. Um, but. <laughs> But yeah, it's, I don't know, there's just these, like, basement dwellers that 
poison the well, you know? Well, yeah, plus the everyone seems to forget, like, what a poser actually is. Like, a poser mm. is supposed to be somebody that pretends to like something in order to be cool. If these mm-hmm. people are hearing Metallica because of Stranger Things and, and they like that song, they actually like it. That's not being a poser. And even if that changes these young people into deciding to get into metal and start dressing like they're metal, that's because they like it. And that's not being a poser. So yeah. the, the poser thing is very, is, I mean, it's, it's, it, but it's been fucked up. We've talked about it all the way back in the day. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, the, 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 the whole Paul Bailoff thing of like, if you're, if you're into poison, you're a poser. No, they're very honest that they're into poison, not poison, but whatever the band, you know, whatever bands. And I'm yeah. just like, that's not being a poser. That's just them not li- liking music that you don't like. And you are a little bit too immature to take to handle it. <laughs> and hmm. so, yeah, like it, even Gary Holt said in an interview one time, he was like, we hated bands like Poison, but we still went to their shows because that's where all the girls were. You know, <laughs> it's like, I mean, that's still that's a little that's that's kind of a cop out. But still, I would rather Gary Holt yeah. come out and be like, yeah, the Poser thing's kind of stupid. But Ga- Gary Holt is the last person that's going to make sense when being um, fair to people. If you haven't noticed his whole shtick, his whole shtick is just like. But let's let's find ways to like direct hate at more people. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's like, do you do we need do we need another do we need more merch about how you don't like the Kardashians? I understand it. Fine, whatever. <laughs> Stay out of my thrash. Yeah, it's just like you know. I just sometimes I just sometimes he will post things and I just want to respond and be like, you, you realize that you're a grown ass man, right? <laughs> so, um, and that's anyway. the thing. I, I, I love all these bands, you know, I'm not, yeah. sla- I'm not slagging these people off as individuals, but like, it, it, there's a certain route I think people take thinking wise where they, they either go down one or the other, They're, they become a metalhead or a music head. Now I will, I will say my favorite genre is metal. Yeah. Ride or die. But if I like Billie Eilish... If I like Willie Nelson, if I like fucking Eminem, I'm yeah. allowed to like that. You know, that doesn't mean I like this any less than yeah. X person or Y person or Z person. And I've run out of letters going that way. So without <laughs> doubt, we, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm with you on that. I think if there if, if there was that thing where it's like metalhead or music head, I think I'm probably I'm probably right smack in the middle because I do want my music yeah. to be heavy most of the time. But there's plenty of stuff that I hear and go, well, that's the thing. It's like, you, you like what you like. That's not, that's, that's what, that's the definition of not being a poser. Mm. Like what you like. Don't follow the fucking crowd. So um, anyway, this is totally unnecessary because, the, <laughs> because there's, you know, there's been that whole thing of like, like, you know, no gatekeeping, but honestly, I haven't really seen very much gatekeeping. It's mostly been people trying to yeah. prove, well, I own the original stuff on vinyl. I mean, yeah, you're also the dude that claims they didn't do anything good after the first four records. So your your yeah. opinion is null and void. You're not actually a fan. These people are getting into it and maybe hopefully will become a fan of all the different types of things they did. That's the thing, right? Just to just to close off this last little thing. Before a very we get appropriate to the mug. I'm, 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 my my Metallica mug for, uh, for uh, this uh, conversation. Which, which is perfect because I am going to literally use a Metallica analogy. 
You got the people that think they sold out with load because they went down a more rock direction. You got the people that think they sold out with the Black Album because they went down a more radio-friendly and less progressive route. You got people that think they sold out on Justice because they made a music video for one. And you got people that think they sold out on Ride the Lightning because they wrote Fade the Black. Yeah. If you are any of those people, (laughs) Metallica still very successful and they don't need you you know yeah that's true it, and it that's, really is a nobody gives a shit scenario and i really do <laughs> think the, i really do think the only reason why i will always talk about this is because i have no problem with somebody not liking a band i there's plenty of bands that i don't like but the fact mm. that the Metallica haters are have to be so vocal about it, like yeah. they can't just be like, oh, yeah, you like it. I don't. Cool. Let's go our separate ways. It's like they're mad at people for liking something. Yeah. It, and I guess it's because Metallica is popular. But like, what, what, yeah. what, what, what would you say if, if Slayer was that popular? You know, it's like, would you be mad yeah. that now that Slayer's being listened to by too many people? I, I, I don't. It's all it none of it makes any sense because a lot of people don't think before they talk or comment on stuff. Yeah. Um I love that we've spent yeah. so much time on this Boston thing talking about other stuff, but you know, that's how we roll, ladies and gentlemen. Well, as we roll up on the half hour mark, let's do this. Finally, skip to skip to 30 minutes in if you uh if you actually <laughs> want to hear Boston. Um so yeah, six albums, six Boston albums, the last one uh 2013 it's been mm. a while shit since the last uh boston album and honestly like i can't see there being any more really um because yeah, it, that it might does, be because at this point the band they they still tour i still see that boston goes on tour but it's you know just it's the tom shoals show with whoever he's hired to come along with him um which that's i guess most people don't care most people don't care. Most people will go see Journey with a karaoke singer um, singing instead of Steve Perry, um, which is, I guess, if that's that's your prerogative. If, if it's the same thing with Skid Row, everyone keeps posting videos of like this new Skid Row singer sounds like Sebastian Bach. I'm like, did you hear the, the words that you said in there, Sebastian Bach? He has to sound <laughs> like somebody else for you to think he's good. Somebody yeah. that should be in the band. God damn it! All right. <laughs> All right. Anyway, I'm, I'm I'm done with ranting. Boston, number <laughs> what's your what's your number six Boston album, Mister Edward Spartacus? Spartacus. Ooh, Edward Spartacus. I'm Edward Spartacus. <laughs> I don't know, man. That feels like a lot of responsibility. <laughs> Edward Spunks. Edward Eddie Spunks. I mean, oh, he does. I've heard. Yeah. <laughs> Shit. I hope I do. Let's do. Let's. We should just make this. We'll do a two-hour episode. We never actually get around to Boston, and then next time it'll be Boston Part Two, the actual ranking. No, sorry, no, we're not going to do that to you guys. Okay, yeah, it's cool. Number six. Um, So number six. Now, after much deliberation, I had to kind of be a little bit objective here because Mm -hmm. I feel very similarly about my bottom two. I think they're good. I don't think there's a bad Boston album in terms of songwriting. You know, there's some questionable production choices on one of them. But for, you know, 
originality's sake and you know it, this one life love and hope by the way is my number six okay i f- i feel that as though you know this is posthumously you know it features multiple singers including the late brad delp who let's get this out of the way yeah tragic tragically committed suicide in 2007 completely tragic loss um, probably probably to me one of the most depressing suicides I've ever read about mm-hmm. because, um, you know, there are people that like kill themselves and you'd think, well, may- maybe it had something to do with their medication or maybe it, you know, the way that they kill themselves, maybe they, they didn't think it through. And if they had had more time to think about it, maybe they wouldn't have done it. I mean, there's been a lot yeah. of those, but his was so, he had to have been fully sober and knowing exactly what he was doing. So not only yeah. did he have a fucking tube running from his car exhaust into a bathroom, he brought in two charcoal uh, grills Barbecues. and yeah. lit them both and wrote all these different notes. Like that is a man, and that breaks my heart because that is a man yeah. that is like, whatever yeah. is had gone on with him, he was broken beyond repair i mean i mean there's that there's that part of thinking that maybe he could have been repaired and i don't know his home life i don't know his family life i don't know his friends um but that's the shit that i'm just like i can't even imagine what that feels like to where you're that done with everything it's it's awful it's like you know anyway not to start this off on a negative note but it's just like that's just one of those things especially somebody like this guy he's just like such a great singer yeah. Oh, um, he's, he's immortal voice. I mean, you know, yeah. the dude was incredible. And it's so sad to to see someone so iconic, you know, really, just go out like that. I mean, yeah. but, you know, I thought, let's get this out of the way. It's a very hard thing to um, bring up, but at least it's done now we can talk completely about the music so yeah with that you rest know rest in peace this, brad delp yeah brad delp rest in peace um so with that life love and hope to me this album it's disjointed a little bit because it's got so many singers on it and i think it's cool in its own way but you know it's following Brad Delp's passing and yeah 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 like yeah they they pieced together like a bunch of really good songs and they definitely picked different voices to fit different things heaven and earth is a really good opener didn't mean to fall in love is a really good ballad mm-hmm. um now I will say last day of school now I know this is down to the title alone and why I've associated with it but like it does remind me of the triumph triumphant moment at eleven years old where I finished primary school and had like that last truly great, fully kid carefree summer, you know, before high school caused everything to go tits up. But uh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh Sail Away is this big old epic song with some, you know, spoken parts in there. Life, Love and Hope. You know, my favorite thing about Boston is that you know, most triumphant guitar mini mm-hmm. stuff that is yeah. all through their albums. Like I, every eighties melodic rock band owes it all to Boston. And I love that it never 
was absent from their sound because mm -hmm. Tom Schultz, right? People argue that, you know, Eddie Van Halen popularized shred guitar in the 80s. That he did. But I think the sound of 80s rock began with Boston because that whole rock man thing that Tom Schultz invented mm. is the sound of so many 80s rock albums, dude. Yeah. Like, yeah. that's all over albums like Hysteria, for example. Like, anything with that chorusy guitar tone starts with starts with Boston big time. Um, and I, I just adore that. And the way Tom Schultz... Um, harmonies always sound they always sound victorious you know yeah it's like yeah i reached for that fucking star and i just picked it right out of the sky um if you were in love some female lead vocals from uh kimberly dame i think it is dame dame at least it's not damer um <laughs> <laughs> um uh, someday is cool uh love got away is this ballady track and then always popular on the um, Cranked and Ranked show, we have some re-recordings or some, you know, rearrangements. Uh, someone, 2.0. I love that Hammond organ, but it is a re-recording. Yeah. And You Gave Up on Love, 2.0, is also, a, you know, it's melodic rock goodness, but it's still another re-recording. Is it, is, are, are these, do they seem like re-recordings or just remixes? Because so, they, sometimes they, it seems like they sound so similar that I, I, I think I, it, I think it's a mixture of both. Okay. I think they reused Brad Delp's uh, vocals okay. or, or something. Uh, the way you look tonight is a power ballad rocker. It's a cool. It's a cool album, and I am very likely to revisit every album on this list because I love melodic hard rock, and mm -hmm. Boston practically did it first in the way we know it now. Yeah, as far as I know, you know. Well, um, my number six is also Life, Love, and Hope from 2013. Um, cool. So, yeah. So I'm glad we got that out of the way that, you know, Brad Delt, very missed. Rest in peace. Um, this mm -hmm. album is a huge fucking mess. Um, yeah. It is. <laughs> it is. I don't even know how this ever got released as an actual album. Um, this should have. This should be called Boston Odds and Ends or Boston Leftovers or Boston unfinished tracks that were polished a little bit by somebody, kind of. Hmm. Um, that's a very long title. But um, there's something that happened, like, on their, their, their last, the last half of their discography, where it's like, well, we're going to use programmed drums, but we're not going to try to get realistic-sounding drums or even mix them or, or produce them in a way that doesn't sound anything but completely fucking awkward like it's a demo. And that's exactly mm -hmm. this whole this is literally like an album that sounds like it's unfinished dem demos. And the only thing that makes it a little bit enjoyable is what you're saying, the bo the Boston guitars. Um, yeah. But even the guitars in this album are like the smallest they've ever sounded. But it's still they are pretty buried a little bit. Yeah. And um, so it's kind of like, oh, this is Boston, but without any of the power or classic songwriting that you would hope for. Um, but I just don't know why anybody would, would, would listen to this finished product with the drum machine sound that's on there and go, that's all right. I, mm. I, it's, it's embarrassing. This is like, to me, it's like, 
I feel bad. It makes me feel even worse for Brad Delp, this album, because I'm just like, why did you? Why did this have to be? If this is the last thing they put out, why? Why did they have to do this? Mm. Um, so, I don't know. Um, I, I, to be completely honest, like I know you, you said yourself, you know, you you'll probably go back and listen to all these albums again. I would like to not even ever talk about this album again. I don't ever want to mention it. Um, yeah, for, for for me, it's like a select few songs. Yeah. Is, is what I mean. Yeah. Like so, some it's, have ended up in my like rotation, but because yeah, because because not only not only did it not give me anything that I wanted when it comes to Boston, it also it, I, I'm I'm okay if you get older, maybe that maybe the songwriting is not as good, but at least put things together where it sounds professional. This does this mm. sound. I could have made this album if I had just if I could play guitar like Tom Scholz, I could have made this album because it's just so. You know, a hodgepodge of like, I don't even know. I don't even know. It, it's it's baffling to me. But what makes it even worse is that you know this being the last album that they did. It's just all I kept thinking, you know, while listening to this, and then thinking of it in the context of okay, we're ranking these albums, and I'm I'm ranking this along with the 1976 debut album. Hmm. I just I kept thinking, man, this is like the most sobering reminder that eventually everyone is going to have to say, all right, it's over. <laughs> and that yeah. and that is what this album sounds like to me. It sounds like um, somebody that should have just said, oh, we're, we're done. Like, once Brad Delp killed himself, I think that that they should have just hung it up. And I say they hmm. I mean, Tom should have hung it up. Um or maybe or, done a, like a different project, maybe. Yeah, or or like I said, put together a really big, take these songs that maybe didn't quite get finished and put them with other odds and ends and put out a big compilation um, for, you know, so, so then you're listening to it with different ears because you're like, oh, there's the Boston legacy and then here are some other things that you can listen to. But this is presented as a legit album, which to me is very rude. Um, and, um, <laughs> kind of annoying. Um, so that, so mm. my number six, what was it even called? Life, love, also that title, life, life love, love and, hope. and hope, which is funny because one of my favorite album albums is called faith, love and hope by, uh, or <laughs> faith, hope and love by King's X. Um, f- a fucking monumentally great album. <laughs> and this one is just like, eh, okay. Um, so, it yeah, does have it, a distinctly live, laugh, love vibe yeah. to it, doesn't it? I do, I do, <laughs> I do think that like the this album is literally for. I mean, if you're listening to to this, if you if you're a massive Boston fan, like if Boston is your favorite band of all time, then I could understand there being enjoyable qualities to this. Um, but as just a regular guy who's just a big fan of a couple of their albums, maybe three, um, I, uh, I, you, I, I, you know, I, let's just say that I, I. I ended up doing my ranking in the the correct order, um, uh, and I'll, I'll get to that. Um, but yeah, it, it, when, when listening to this one, I was just like, there, I can't find anything really redeeming about this. Because even the guitar parts, if you listen, starting on album two with Boston, Tom's already repeating himself. He literally every album is a do 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 do. It's always the same kind of shit. 
done very mm. well. There's some different kinds of shit here and there. But if you listen, he's really good at doing this narrow kind of thing. And it just kind mm. of gets done. And every time it gets done, it's like doing a photocopy over and over and over again, where eventually you're like, that looks kind of like the original, but it's it's hard to make it out. And then <laughs> that, so you're on this album now where all of a sudden it's been copied so many times that you're just like, I don't even want to bother looking at this because it's just it's hard. It's hard to see. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. um, all right. Anyway, <laughs> number <laughs> mo- moving on to number five. Cool. So I'm going to hazard a guess. We may have the same number five. If what you said about that one was anything to go by, <laughs> probably. My well, number five do you, do you is. Want to, do you want to do a countdown and see if we do the same name? Yeah. All right. You you count down. Three, two, one. Corporate, corporate America. America. Yep. <laughs> yeah. From two thousand two. So yeah, mind you, this is how this is how many years passed by. Twenty thirteen, yeah. and then all the way back two thousand two. Um, and th- this was the that, that's the the longest gap. So that that's yeah. before we even get started with this album. That's another thing that pisses me off. If you've got. 10 years to make an album and you're still doing kind of the similar shit. Like that's why like, I I really do think it, we're going to get to the end of this episode and you're going to hear my demeanor change a lot because there, there, the, there's a couple albums at least that I love so much, but Mm. I would be lying if I didn't say, um, Tom Schultz did not quite have all the fuel in the tank that everybody expected him to have. And I feel like that's Mm. a big reason, among other things, a big reason why it took so long to make albums. And then even when you get the album, you're like, this is kind of nothing interesting. And I think it's because he really did have this. We talked about with Nine Inch Nails. Trent Reznor has a really big palette that he paints with, but he hasn't strayed from that palette. Uh, Tom Schultz's palette is really small and he just picks from these things over and over again and then paints something that is very pleasing, but yeah. um, it doesn't, it, he doesn't have very many places to go. So it's there like, you go. What, what, what are you going to paint today, Tom? I'm going to paint a spaceship <laughs> shaped like a guitar. Only this and time I've... it's going to be slightly further away and maybe to the left. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude. That's Boston yeah. in a nutshell. Uh, it, it, that that's the thing though like it, tom schultz like i say tom schultz guitar i love what he does so much that i will i will admit there is the tom schultz thing yeah and he does the tom schultz thing but Absolutely. i love that so much that he gets a kind of a free pass from me oh that but it's I, like, yeah. i'm just i i'm i'm just one of those dudes that i get really picky because i i i understand like there are people that are huge fans of acdc or motorhead or bands that literally did the same kind of thing for 30 plus years and i understand that if you love it so much hmm. it doesn't fucking matter i'm just one of those weirdos that likes things to a point and then i expect there to be something different even even a little bit so, or like, yeah. or uh, some sort of step in a different direction. It doesn't matter what it is. I'd probably also, you know, pre- preface this by saying I'm, you know, I'm more into the melodic hard rock stuff than you are. I you know are. you like it. Some of it, yeah. But I'm, I'm very deep in there. So like, oh, I know you, you know, send me some obscure you, shit with some yeah. big ass keyboards, and I'm just like, man, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
what, what was the one recently? Rock and Roll Casualty by Tobruk. Fucking killer oh, yeah. song. Yeah. Yeah, there's something to be said when the when the keyboard is the part that you're like, turn it down. <laughs> the keyboard is overpowering the big ass rock guitars. Hell, man! Like, gotta have those big old icy synths, man. I love mean, I, I have to admit, I love those. It's just uh, you, honestly, yeah. with a lot of those bands, the thing that ends up turning me off is sometimes it's just the vocalist that, that really? I, I kind of. Sometimes I want there to be a lot more power in a voice. And sometimes it's just not there with those bands, but you know there there are some. When in doubt, reverb knob, right the way up. Yeah, and you you gotta you gotta hit (laughs) in Canada in '86. But um, (laughs) yeah, yeah. yeah, uh, So uh, what we got here? Uh, Corporate America. So I had a good time. Is a nice song. Nice happy opener. Stare out your window. Can't help but feel a little bit of a Wonderwall vibe on that song. Also, the pre-chorus sounds a lot like the iCarly theme song, and I couldn't take my mind off it the entire time. Now I'm glad I don't know that theme song. Oh, dude. Once you hear it, you can't unhear it. I kind of went I kind of went into that song cursed from the start, because I was like, this just sounds like Miranda Cosgrove singing the iCarly tune over the top of Wonderwall. (laughs) I hate it when stuff like that ruins songs. For some reason, that immediately made me think of there's a there's a song by Audio Slave, and the way that the song starts out, it's literally just um, "Don't You Forget About Me" by from the Breakfast Club movie. So the song starts and it's and I'm all like. Oh wait, this is not the song. All right. So like, I don't even know what the rest of that song sounds like. I'm sure it's great, but I'm just I can't get past like, come on, guys. When you wrote, when you put that together, you didn't hear that. Like that's an iconic <laughs> song. Anyway, oh uh, dude. Uh, so yeah, uh, I Carly. We get the type. Yeah, I Carly. Uh, episode one. Uh, <laughs> now, nah, um, corporate America. I I find it interesting how they somehow got more 80s after the 80s had long ended like this has a distinctly almost new wave edge to it so like i want to camp out on this song because corporate america is literally the only song on the album i liked um right because the fact that they leaned so much because they are it once again it sounds like programmed drums again poorly programmed Hmm. drums but the fact that they just leaned right into it and made this electronic song and it's actually pretty cool I'm yeah. just like, and I, and you know for sure the old school Boston fans, that's the song they hate on this album. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm just like, give me a whole fucking album of this, Tom. Come on. <laughs> I mean, it that I thought it was like really, it was probably the most different thing I'd heard, really. Yeah. Um, but then you get With You, got to have some acoustic stuff in there. Uh, someone, love this, really cool song. Turn It Off is a cool, dirty, alt-tinged rock track. Again, like, that's a slightly different sounding thing. It's like, oh, where's he headed? Sure. Um, But it also feels like in 2002, he kind of did that six years too late already. Mm. Um, Crying is some some more balladry. Didn't Mean to Fall in Love has a strong Toto vibe. Love that. I do do like me some AOR goodness. Uh, And then you get Gave Up on Love. Great song. I think that this album could have been better if the production was 
the production quality was higher because I think there's Possibly. a lot of really good songwriting, but and the, the, the guitars the guitars sound pretty big on this album too. Yeah, yeah. So like, that's the thing. It, it is that thing of I don't think they ever made a horrendous album. I will admit, love, uh, life, love, and hope is messy as shit. But yeah. there are songs on it I enjoy. But corporate America at least feels consistent. Um, and so with that, I, um, I'm handing it over to you to wrap I, up this one. Yeah, I just, I feel like this one is, um, <clears throat> yeah, the, the, uh, if a better production could have helped it. Also, like, it's so weird to me that I, I, I don't know enough about the history of the band to know exactly what was going on between the two of them. But the fact that Brad Delp was back, but not really like he's just on yeah. four songs. Um, and the other singer is fine. Um, and, I mean, everyone they've had sing on their stuff is fine, but, um, overall, I think the reason why this album doesn't work for me is that I, I feel like it became, and it, this makes sense. And so I, I, it's, 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 it's one of those duh kind of observations, but this feels more like rock made by and for people who are listening to it on their way to go play golf. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I, and, I and it. so, and I just think that, um, yeah. I mean, at this point it's, it, it, if you, if you look at the history of the band, it's just the Tom Scholz project because yeah, because it was o- the only constant members through the first three albums were him and Brad, and then Brad left, and then from yeah. then on it's just been who's going to be here, who's going to play, um, and so the it's problem with Sitch, yeah, <laughs> the, the problem with that here is that you know you start seeing very quickly um, that they start getting other songwriters involved. And even those songs, they feel like they were probably just leftovers by those other songwriters because none of them are very memorable songs, which Hmm. I I realize this is unfair because trying to compete with just the first album alone is a very daunting task to have to deal with. So I, Hmm. I get it. But ranking these albums together, like this album is not horrible. It had things about it that I liked, but I have to admit I probably won't listen to it again, except for probably the song Corporate America, because I thought it was cool. Um, but I just think at a certain point, I think Tom Schultz needed a band. He needed a band mm. of people to work with, because I feel like even though he's working with other songwriters, the 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 vibe that I get from everything that happened since you know maybe album three on is that he's probably way too much in control and needs other people to go ah we could probably do that better or this song could be better or maybe we shouldn't do that same thing that we've already done on three albums um and so you get to you know 2002 corporate america and they're the albums are like i said so 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 much time passes between these albums that you would expect there to be a lot more to sink your teeth into. And there's really not, but luckily, luckily, um, 
let's let's just be uh, let me just get this out of the way. I listened to these albums backwards. And right. Um, and that is the right if you're going to listen to the Boston discography, that is the way to do it. Because <laughs> because you because you it, things get better. <laughs> and, yeah. And you're just like and it, you know and so um, I, so that we can just move on. We can walk on at this point because I'm all like, what is that the next time we're talking about <laughs> um, to our, to our number four um, Boston album, because they, because they, as we move on, I'm going to have more things to like, because I really do think Boston is a band that needs to be praised. And all I'm doing is just talking about all these shortcomings and, um, and I'm ready to move. I'm ready to get on to that part. Cool. So, in a shocking turn of events, my number four, the only album on this list released in the 80s, is in the bottom half of my ranking. My number four is Third Stage. All right. Okay. So, you know, eight years following their sophomore release, Boston Mm -hmm. returned in 1986 with third stage. I believe that the the production of it took eight years was because, like, a flood happened and fucked his studio up completely. Well, also, I think there was disputes with their label, and then they left and moved to a different label. It was a lot of different things. Yeah. So, I mean, still, eight years. That's pretty intense. Considering that, you know, they they had such a hit with their debut, and then just two years later put out Don't Look Back, which, you know, still sold, but not nearly as much. But, you know, they could have had, like, a two-album-a-year trajectory where they just took over the fucking earth. Um, but, I, but I really do think that they do, that there wasn't just... There just wasn't enough in the tank to do that. Hmm. Um, but when this album came out, when, when, when Third Stage came out... It was huge, and I only remember that because my oldest brother, who rarely talked about music, was all over the new Boston album. And I'm like, oh, shit, wow. if, my, if my older brother is excited about this album, then it must be fucking <laughs> huge. I mean, my, my, my issues with this album are solely on the, I would say, the reliance on there being maybe one too many ballads. <laughs> There's, it's mostly ballads, this album, isn't it? Y- yeah. Like, to, th- here's here's the thing. You you listen to, like, their first two albums, and it's a pretty healthy mixture of both. Whereas on this one, there's a lot of ballads and a lot of interludes. So there's probably yeah. only, like, two or three actual rockin' rock songs on here. Rockin' so. rock. Yeah, it's, it's almost like because well, even even <laughs> back in the first two albums, they'll they'll have soft parts, but you know it's going somewhere big. But now it's like the yeah. big parts have gotten smaller. <laughs> so yeah. it's like so we we took all the rocking shit and condensed it down to a thirty six second interlude, which is a really fucking cool thirty six second interlude. But yeah. I, I'll get to that, right? So. This album, obviously, is intended to be listened to as an album because there's a lot of parts in it that are very interlude and kind of lead into one another. I'd say, I'd say their first four albums feel like they're supposed to be listened to in a certain sequence. Yeah, yeah, I, the, yeah same goes for Walk On. There's like yeah. four tracks on that one that go together, make up one thing. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so Amanda, 
I it's a How? bold move to start a rock album with a power ballad, dude. And and, it, and the sad thing about this album is that it's the best ballad on the album, and they blow their wad like right away. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, actually, it's it's kind of comical. Actually, if you go over to uh, let's have a look. Let's consult uh, Spotify real quick. While he's, while, I always, while he's doing that, I'll I'll, I'll sing Amanda. I'm gonna take you by surprise and make you realize, Amanda. That's it. Very nice. Uh, (laughs) I was was just gonna say, right, here is the shocking plays statistic of Amanda versus the rest of the album. You ready? Okay. Right. Amanda is 67 million. 211,892 plays. Just on Spotify. Just on Spotify as of Sunday, 10th of July, 2022. Okay. The following track, We're Ready, is (laughs) 3,841,509. And... The these well let's let's put it this way. Cool the engines is the second highest played song, and it's not even ten percent of what Amanda is. Yeah. So that thing of shooting your load real fucking quick, like I think this album's it, it has a really strong ending few songs, but I'm I'm gonna get to that. So I mean, it really, further, it, it, really it really does help whenever because that's the thing that people have stopped doing that I think that everyone needs to get back on board with is that you you need to write a huge ass sweet ballad and name it somebody's name, especially a yes. name that a shitload of people have because then it's gonna be like they're ev- saying every, about me and and <laughs> and every dude that's starting to fall in love with a girl named Amanda is putting that song on a playlist or maybe listening to it a bunch of times in a row. It's like that is that's like songwriting 101 right there. It's like are you gonna write a big ass ballad? Why not just name it some girl's name? <laughs> just yeah. just do it. Come on. What, what would what would be the what's a popular girl's name today? Miley. I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. Damn. Uh that's a hard question. Uh, I will say that, you know, I, I, I know it's not a girl, but I knew a lot of Connors growing up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there, aren't, there aren't very many romantic songs with a guy's name in it. It's like, there should be. Maybe that's, that's something that should happen. Hell yeah. I'll write it. From the perspective of a girl. And I'll have an alter ego. I'll do, I'll do a Chris Gaines where I'll, like, put on one of those, like, fake breasts things and i don't know i'm just trying to piece together a joke <laughs> I've, all of a sudden you know that there are people listening to this that are just going to be like eddie come on okay now you need to do yeah. this <laughs> yeah why are we not funding this project <laughs> but yeah um so we're ready does kick us into more of a rocking thing sensing some rush influence that, a little that bit that is on this an one. insane one two punch on this the beginning of this album we're ready is a big ass song Mm. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you get into the like interlude zone where yeah. you get Okay, here we go because this is a complete mouthful. You ready? The launch. A countdown. B ignition. C third stage separation. Yeah. That was a mouthful, but yeah, it's a really cool instrument instrumental thing. Yeah. Love it. 
uh, and then, and then cool they the engines. They could have just cut the album right there. <laughs> <laughs> just like a, a three-track EP. We did, it was a, that's like you do three 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 killer songs and go. I don't have to play anything else. Yeah, I'll, I'll rush your socks off. <laughs> but um, then you get cool the engines though, which is some real cool riffing yeah. stuff. Yeah, I'd I'd say it's fun. Yeah, uh, uh, but then immediately following it up, you get full on my destination proper AOR ballad here. It's not very long. Okay, but I I have something to say about that song though. Does it okay. ever does it ever bother you when vocal melodies are repeated in other songs when it's clearly they weren't intended to be? I was waiting for you to bring this up because I thought I was insane. Because I, I, it's that it's the dun, 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 and that's like yeah. so that's not a mistake. That is a very distinct vocal melody that's in Amanda and in My Destination, only just in different yeah. keys. And I'm all like, you could, because it's an album that plays in sort of a sequence, they could come out and be like, oh, it was intentional. But I'm all like, mm, was it Was it really? I mean, I suppose you could make an argument for it if like, you look at the album as, a, as an overarching um, concept. But like, I don't know if it is or not. Like, it, it has things that would point to that, you know? They're both ballads. Like, yeah. Um, you know... It's like we're ready. The launch, cool the engines, my destination, a new world, which is some of the most epic thirty-six seconds of music I've ever heard. That shit yeah. fucking rules. I just wish that it was longer than thirty-six <laughs> fucking seconds before they go into another ballad. You also, know. Also, going back to the vocal melody thing, I realize every time I start talking about things like that, I have to remind myself that most people don't care. Yeah. Um, you can you can literally uh, we I've, I've found that out recently when in my review of that new Megadeth song, all these people are like, I love it when they play that same riff over and over in all sorts of songs. It's it's the thrash <laughs> riff, man. And I'm just like, well, I guess it's good that you have really low standards because then you'll be okay with whatever. <laughs> I will so. I will say though. The, the riff at the end of that new Megadeth song. Oh, well, is that's a different story. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. But like, oh. Like that, that was really cool. But um, but for some I reason, like re- repeating repeating vocal melodies always kind of bums me out. There's a there's a totally different thing altogether. But there's a um, a psychedelic furs album where he does the same mm-hmm. vocal melody in two different songs, and I'm all like, did he did he not hear that? That it's because it's it's unfortunate that it is the vocal melody from Love My Way, a fucking iconic song, and then that vocal melody is in a different song, and I go, oh man. <laughs> okay, so while while we're on this while we're on this subject, I have to ask you: Does it bug you that Chuck Mosley sings the same section of lyrics twice on about, "Introduce Yourself" about the oh, teaching yeah. your cousin to fart or whatever? Y- yeah, well, in one he says "teach your cousin to fart," and one he says "teach your cousin to walk." Yeah, and like it. Yeah, one's in Chinese arithmetic, and the other is in R and R. Yeah. But yeah. apparently that was literally down to him just rushing the lyrics out and he was like, ah, fuck it, using them both. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that, that is a thing. But coming from somebody like him, for some reason it doesn't bother me because he's not purporting to be a, a crafted, True. skillful songwriter or whatever, you know? Um, I mean, I suppose that was also part of the mostly vibe, you know? <laughs> yeah. 
He, yeah. he, he literally like, he, he could have he could have been the fucking Wesley yeah. Willis of music where Wesley Willis. If you, you know who Wesley Willis is, I'm, I may recognize. So you you may know because you may have heard a song called Rock and Roll McDonald's. Have you ever heard that song? Rock and Roll McDonald's. Yeah. So he so Wesley Willis was this guy. I actually saw him in concert. And it was just him and a keyboard. And he does he did the, an entire he did entire albums with the same pre-recorded keyboard thing. So every song would start off and he would start talking about something. So in the in Rock and Roll McDonald's, he's like, McDonald's is the place to rock. And then the chorus is Rock and Roll McDonald's. McDonald's. But, then he, but then he would have a song, and this song is called Courtney Love. And he would go, Courtney Love is in the band hole. And he talks for a little bit, and then he goes, Courtney Love! Courtney! And that's every song. And then every single song ends with a commercial but he always but he always starts it off with the phrase rock over london rock on chicago so the song will be ending and it'll go rock over london rock on chicago burger king it's your way right away and that's and that's the end of the song and he's and 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 literally and when i saw him in concert this was in the 90s he he did a string of songs they were all called suck a different animal's dick. So like this song's called <laughs> suck a rhino's dick. This next one's called suck a llama's dick. And then he, and then he, sometimes he would hit the wrong pre-recorded thing on the keyboard and it would stop and he'd go, that was just a rock and roll test. And then he would, <laughs> and it was just literally pa- packed full of people watching this guy that clearly had some sort of mental issues going on. He, and he, he, unfortunately he passed away. He, he oh, did man. have like schizophrenia and some other stuff. But and I know that some people went and they were laughing at him, but I, for some reason, was fascinated. I'm just like, how is this so fun that I just want to hear him do all sorts of songs? I don't care what the song is about. Doesn't. And eventually he actually got a band together and did like different types of stuff too. everyone go out and listen to Wesley Willis and just but I just I just love the fact that that existed. And he had a he had a record deal. And he Damn. toured, and he, he did paintings and stuff too. But um, how do we get on Wesley Willis? I just <laughs> 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 the guy the guy oh, ruled. Man. He was just he was awesome. Oh, man, I I gotta do a deep dive. I gotta do a deep dive. Now. There's probably a Wesley Willis greatest hits, or I don't know if Spotify does the same thing that Apple Music does, where it's like the essentials of an artist as a, a playlist that yeah. they curated. There's probably yeah, something the, like that. They'll do one that'll say like this is like Adele or this is Metallica or you know I'm not sure why I thought of Adele but you're on the Boston <laughs> podcast that's okay um, you're, I mean Adele is a very popular artist I mean it's and mm-hmm. she starts the alphabet and the letter A so there you go that was methodical thinking. where were we uh, this is that was a really fun tangent but I don't remember where we were you're still on you're still on uh, oh you just got into third. that short ass instrumental yeah I was I was just saying and that was a really awesome 36 seconds of music I've ever heard that, uh, you know, oh, oh, and we have another ballad with To Be A Man. <laughs> um, it, I, you know, that's what kind of pushed it down another step for me. It was like, it's a little too ballad heavy. I like, I like a max of two to three ballads on, an, on a rock album, you know? Yeah. I think, I think Skid Row... Uh, Slave to the Grind is like the max ballad to riffage you can have. Yeah. You know, 
all the fucking rockers on that rule and all of the ballads on it are tearjerkers. It's so it's so funny that people often point at that album like this album's so heavy. I'm all like, did you really listen to the first few songs? Because it gets it gets very ballady. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, but yeah, I actually re-listened to that the other day. Uh, it's a fucking killer album. Yeah, we had we had to do Skid Row at some point just so I can talk shit about Skid Row without Sebastian Bach and then <laughs> praise all of the earlier albums. Let's, and yes, and yes, well, I'm, fu- I'm fully aware that Sebastian Bach wasn't the songwriter, and it was the whole band that was kicking ass at that point. But sometimes you just need that one wild card in your band with an amazing voice in order to make everything work. Let me hear you, wow, Sorry, I had to. That was, I had to yeah. do the I- I- intro to uh, the solo of. It's a great solo. You've 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 gone wild. It is. Uh, Back to Boston third stage. Let's. I'm, I'm in the last Focus. few. <laughs> right. Uh, um, I think I like it, but like this one here is a damn good rocker. I just I feel the the ratios a little out. Yeah. Uh, can't you say? Okay. Here here we go. I get to I get to do the bracket shit. Okay. Can't you say? You believe in me. Slash. Still in love. Um. The There's Boston way, too, way too much going on in that song title. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there was even an apostrophe in the can't you, man. Like, pff, holy shit. I'm really, <laughs> that really, that really pushed the limits of my podcast abilities right there. Um, so, I mean, the Boston sound here is still going very strong. Mm-hmm. And then um, Holly Ann closing out on one more ballad. So in counting, let's have a look here. Amanda, my destination to be a man, Holly Ann. That's four ballads. Too many, right? Yeah, I could maybe excuse two. Ideally, on an album where there's not many rockers, one would have been better. I, w- yeah. I would have preferred, you know, like how long is this album? How long, long is Third Stage? Thirty-five Third... minutes, forty minutes. Yeah, thirty-six. I would have happily had it been, you know, I would have preferred if they'd fleshed out the interludes a little bit more. Yeah. And, you know, have them, even if they were instrumental, have them be these epic compositions, you know. But, like, when you get something that's, like, 36 seconds long, I'm kind of like, man, could you not just have... That's basically a fucking intro to the next song that you've just assigned a track number um that being said third stage is still cool and it still has the boston guitarmonies yeah albeit in a in a much softer um sense um with that back over to you for your number four before we get on to the top three i'll be i'll be i'll be quick because i feel like there's been tangents galore here and my number four is walk on from 1994 clearly i'm going backwards in the albums here um cool the, the only album that's completely fran cosmo on vocals um mm-hmm. who's a perfectly fine singer um he's no brad delp but he's he's good he's a good singer um the, the, my first my first note says Walk On has to be the most not 1994 sounding album ever. <laughs> Dude, yes, I said the same shit in my notes. Like I was thinking that the whole time. I thought you could play this to me, a seasoned 
um, 80s production enthusiast. Yeah. And I would not have been able to tell you that was any later than 1991. Yeah. Like, holy fucking shit. I would even accept 1992 because you had, like, Adrenalize come out in 92, and that was very not 90s sounding. Yeah, but, like, even so... This is very not 90s sounding, yeah. you know? Um, and this it, is late 80s levels once, of... Once, once again, it sounds like it's programmed drums throughout this album. I, it, when you look, there's a drummer credited, but I'm all like, mm. okay. Yeah, there's a drummer. <laughs> um, whoever, whoever you are, I apologize, but your shit was whittled down to sounding like a fucking programmed drum machine. Um, <laughs> all that work you did. Um, so... My own, my biggest problem with Walk On is the fact that overall it doesn't sound like a rock band, um, it that and that's hmm. the thing that makes me love the albums that I love from Boston is the fact that they did these big old songs, beautiful compositions, some of the best songs like ever made, but it it, it always ended up sounding like dudes playing in a rock band, whereas eventually, uh, once you get to Walk On, I kind of get the feeling that they kind of. I say they, Tom kind of wanted to, to morph into like a deaf leopard, but he wanted, but he ended up doing this in 1994 when even deaf leopard wasn't trying to be deaf leopard. (laughs) So, I mean, it's a, it's an interesting sound. Um, It's it's funny though. I I, I think the, uh, sorry, me and the dog cut you off there. (laughs) Yeah. apparently, Uh, Apparently they're being let outside and they get very excited when it's time to go outside. Um, yeah, I, w- I was just going to chime in. I think the production of this album took place between 1990 all the way up to 93. It makes so sense. So that could ex- that explains a lot mix-wise because it is not a 1994 I always, album. I always at hear all. albums like this and it just reminds me of like somebody being shut up in a bunker, you know, com- compiling of an album and they started yeah. in 1990 and then they open the door in 1994 and they're like, "Hey, what, why does everything? Yeah. Why does everybody look weird? What's with all the flannel? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why is everybody's hair straight now? What? This yeah. is weird. Also, I see a lot of short hair. What's going on with that? Um, yeah. So anyway, um, the, the, so so the 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 last album I talked about, I said this is music that people would listen to on the way to the golf course. Walk on is not is an album that sounds to me like. An album of for dudes that used to be rockers, but now they're tax attorneys, and and this is their rock and roll. Um, they, they they still know how to rock and roll. Last time, last night, I went to a concert. I was out until ten thirty. Um, Whoa! And I had at least two martinis. So oh, a school um, night. <laughs> <laughs> so um, it's not very powerful stuff. Um, it's got some good songs, but overall comparing it to other Boston stuff the classic Boston stuff, it's pretty weak. Now, the one thing I do really like, I do like the walk on, get organized, walk on some more section. Um, That's cause it's pretty fun. It's pretty fun. Um, and yeah. I, and once again, I like that. I like the idea of creating an album and it's intended to be heard in this order. Um, and when yeah. you do, when you do things like that, it's like, you're, you're pointing at people and being like, listen to this in this order. Cause otherwise the song yeah. gets cut off or whatever. Um, and I like that. Um, but, but that section is probably, you know, one of the few things on the album I would find myself going back to again, but, and it doesn't help that like the songwriting, like I said, the songwriting suffers from, from, from 
I just don't think that there was enough inspiration going on. And so the, and there, there are other songwriters on this as well, but I just feel, I, do, I really do just feel like Boston peaked right away. And then it was yeah, just downhill little, little from of, there. And yeah, um, debut, debut syndrome. But here's the thing: I can't talk shit because if 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 I, if my if the if the only thing I ever did in my life was that first Boston album, <laughs> you know, that you 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 have fuck all to prove at that point, you know. Yeah, which is like, why, like, I'm not mad at all that there's still a band that t- people want to go out and see in concert because I'm just like, you know, yeah, I don't think they've done anything of a high level of quality since the 80s but the strength of the shit that 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 was really fucking good is to a point where i'm just like i get why this shit lives on with people so much walk on unfortunately is an album where nothing lives on and um it just you know it, it 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 got to the point with some of these albums where i was just trying really hard to find things about it that i liked and um with walk on, it was like, there were more things that I liked about it, but you know, mm. you can't, when you're ranking these things, you can't, it's, it, I can't separate myself from iconic things and things that are, can, yeah. I would consider perfect. We're going to get to that. Um, and then I hear walk on and I go, eh, you know, it's got things on it that I, I enjoy because I enjoy the Boston sound, but it's clear that, you know, the best days were behind them and um, it's unfortunate, but you know, now, now we're going to get through with my top three. We're getting to where um, most, most of what, what I have to say is going to be uh, pretty damn positive. Cool. So number um, Okay. So my, now I want it duly noted that there is a reason that as to why I have ranked it this way. So I actually like that album Walk On quite a bit more than you. Okay. Um, and I remembered something you said in the past about a certain couple of albums and how one didn't really change much from the next. And yeah. I gave it some I gave it some real thought and I I really saw it's a, the albums I'm talking about are load and reload. By the way, the <clears> the you know, you like load a lot more than you like reload because reload was just another another load. Like there's not a lot of vibe differentiation. They're from they're from essentially the same session. I mean, I mean, they even named it reload. It's not like it's not, yeah. like, it's not like they chose a totally different name and cover style. <laughs> so. Yeah, so. Here's my thing. My number three is Don't Look Back. Okay. And it didn't sell nearly as much as its predecessor, but, like, the vibe, the Boston vibe from the previous album, sonically, is still there. Yeah. Like, it's practically... I mean, to to be fair, you could, had I not known, put the put both their first albums in front of me and told me it's a double album, and I would believe you. Yeah. Because... There's a lot of similarities very similar sonic qualities to these. Um, Now, I will say there are are moments on it where I think, ooh, oh, I haven't heard that quite yet, but a lot of it is very much a a slightly less revered version of what they did the first time around. Mm -hmm. So 
Uh, Don't Look Back, love this song. Great opener. The guitar yeah. melodies are, spe- are like especially awesome as ever. You know, like all of those, they're just so soaring and, and cool. Yep. Uh, the Journey is a bit of a sci-fi interlude going into It's Easy, uh, which is a rocking track, very mm-hmm. dynamic. The vocals are ace. Um, a Man I'll Never Be is a big old power ballad track. Uh, feeling Satisfied. I love the part with the hand claps and the reverb heavy vocals where it all like, there's so much space. Like, ooh, like that part. That, that, to, it's just so fe- good. Feeling Satisfied, I, I've, I've several times in my life referred to it as the feel-good song of forever. Because it's like, yeah. it never, it's never not something that's going to put me in a good mood. Everything about yeah. it. It's just a, even even though there's like a little bit of a template thing going on with like long time with the hand claps and the it's like they're, yeah. they're I was like, oh they they said, oh let's do a similar song. Only I think that feeling satisfied is like one of their best songs. I just love that that's just like the Boston sound for me right there, with just big ass memorable choruses, memorable guitar melodies, yeah, and just an overall vibe of like fucking rock a fucking 70s rock rock and roll party man hell yeah <laughs> you <man>. know <laughs> um speaking of party we got the song party yeah and it does what it says on the tin uh, it, it <laughs> absolutely know? um used to bad news is one of the softer tracks i love me some boston organ licks like the the organ it, we haven't really brought up yet but uh particularly on the earlier stuff like there were organ solo moments. And that's one of the that's one of so the features that I good. love about the first couple albums. Yeah, uh, and um, don't be afraid is just one last great rock and roller. Now I will say, I you know I'm staying true to my, uh, you know, I have this certain. I wouldn't necessarily call it a bias or even a guilty pleasure. I just simply like the way it sounds. That I've ended up with. Uh, walk on higher than don't look yeah. back okay but um i mean it's i mean it's pretty clear the trajectory here on in where my ranking is gonna go but uh i'll get to that in a, in a second what's your what's your number three so my number is if i have to wonder. so not, not <laughs> um not the thing is like walk on being high is a little is interesting to me but not not as interesting as like my my number three is third stage from 1986 i for a second while listening to this, I go, this might be Eddie's number one. <laughs> I just thought, yeah, I thought it's strange. So, so much about it. I went like, this could be maybe number two. Um, but no, not even, um, there there's parts on it where I thought that's one of the coolest things I've ever heard. Yeah. It's just, none of those parts were fleshed out into a full song. Like I, they were just little parts. Yeah. I could see you know? that. So, so yeah. So this one was, you know, eight years after the second album. And, um, we, we talked about a lot of this already. Uh, my, the, the big thing with this is it, it's a lighter affair overall. Um, I think, I think it's still a very enjoyable album. Um, it's, it's got some big rock qualities, which I like, but just not enough of them. And it's got some program drums on it, but they're produced in a way that not only sounds very appropriate for 1986, but it's also done like a goddamn professional recording. Um, and yeah. so it sounds, <laughs> sounds good. Um, so when, every time I've listened to this album, 
I, I uh, the thing that's always the the names that have always gone into my head. You know, you get to a certain point in the album where it gets ballad heavy, and I go, oh. So on the, the the last album I talked about, I said, oh, maybe they were trying to go for a Def Leppard thing. On this one, I was like, are they they going for a Journey or Ario Speedwagon thing on this album? Yeah. Because at that yeah, point, like it. Journey and Ario Speedwagon were both bands that started off different than they became, but became well known for big old ballads. And I was like, oh, okay. Third stage is the is the Ario Speedwagon of Boston albums, I guess. Um but uh, it's not necessarily a bad thing because I think the even the the soft rockers on this they have they have a nice vibe going for them. Um, they're not all winners, but overall it's a good time. And when I come to Boston, I just want a good time. Don't don't ruin my good time with shitty production and um, and you know shit like that. But um, in hindsight, though, like you know the things that I don't like about this album when I when I think in my head, you know, what was going on in 1986, I go, yeah, I guess for this band, this album feels, um, uh, appropriate. It makes, it makes absolute sense for this band to make this album in 1986. And it was, you know, it was successful for them. Um, it was a bit, I mean, I, th- you know, like you said, Amanda is a fucking huge song for them. And, um, yeah, I don't have a whole lot to add. Third stage is a good album. Um, but, uh, there, the, even, even though you did point out that, you know, the, the, their first and second albums have a lot of similar qualities. Um, those are qualities that I love and, and and don't, and I just, you know, I miss them on the later albums. And so, um, that's why my number, number one and two are, if you're paying attention, you know what they are. And you probably know what order they're in, too. Um, so let's go ahead and uh, move over to your number two. Cool. So my number two is Walk On. And it's a recent love. I, I, I mean, to be fair, Walk On and Don't Look Back could swap on any day of the week, depending on whether or not I'm in the mood for more of a 70s or an 80s vibe. But I felt like I, I would give this album some love because it's quite a recent discovery of mine. And I yeah. was really pleasantly surprised by it like because i can't believe that this album is from 1994 it's only 45 minutes long and it's got a very late 80s mix like this is the antithesis of 1994 yeah i thought you know i thought the last thing that sounded full-on 80s was adrenalized by def leppard but it probably would also it would also uh, uh make sense that this was the album um, the, the, the year after this album came out is when I would start working my first job at Best Buy in the music department. And, right. and when we, when you would go to the back room where there would be the overstock of stuff that we couldn't get rid of, there were boxes and boxes and boxes of walk on <laughs> in the back really? that, that had not been Damn. sold. They were just back Shit. there. I don't know why, I don't know why they didn't send them back, but there was always like these albums that they, I guess they expected to be huge. And they weren't, and then they were all. There was always just boxes of them in the back room. Damn. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm a jump into you know why why I really like it. So, I need your love. Amazing song. Chorus gives me big Toto vibes, and any Tom and any longtime listener knows I love me some of that Toto esque goodness. Um, 
Surrender to me. I like it. Very enjoyable. So are you, are, uh, you, are, you, are you into the Fran Cosmo thing? Yeah, like, I, I really I really like his voice. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously, he's not Brad Delp. Yeah. But this is Boston doing a different thing. It's not 70s Boston. It's... It's 80s Boston in the 90s doing yeah in the 90s yeah yeah is it's it's this weird thing where it's like part of me is like this is what I wish third stage had been in a way yeah um because there's a better rocker to ballad ratio you know um walking at night badass crossroads style solo spot which leads into walk on which fuck yeah some boogie rock yeah which is reminiscent of their early works just done with a more um 80s in the 90s (laughs) production yeah um then that immediately leads directly into get organized slash get reorganized uh make that a double fuck yeah and then you get walk on some more guys do we have the first ever quadruple continuous fuck yeah in cranked and ranked history i think we do um so if anything is from this album is notable fuck yeah fuck yeah fuck yeah fuck yeah dude it's a great section of the album plus like i said i love the those the is it a hammond organ is that what that is um that is a hammond organ i love those solos yeah um what's your name i really like what's your name uh my only real critique of this album is that magdalene which is a big old ballad is immediately followed by we can make it which is a closing ballad like that's the thing it it, it's almost like they were like well one of these is going to close the record and they were like no both (laughs) yeah yeah this is getting out of hand. No, there are two of them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I really liked it. Whether or not Don't Look Back could climb back up to my number two spot is entirely down to how the passage of time treats this list. Like I say, I enjoyed every album to some extent yeah. on this list. Um and I'm going to let you do your quite obvious number two before we get to our duh number one. Number two, yeah. <laughs> Don't look back from 1978. My my, I think my ranking is is solid. And as you all have now seen, it's it's literally backwards. It, it was it's in the order. Of the, so they literally got worse every album <laughs> they put out. Um, but Don't Look Back is not like... Um, I think that this album... If I, because obviously it came out the year I was born, so I didn't hear it back then. But when I did yeah. finally hear it, it hit me in a different way. So if I had been like, you know, teens or older in 1978, maybe I would have looked at this as, uh, it's kind of more of the same. But when hmm. I was getting into Boston, I was like, man, I wish there was an album with more of this on it. And, <laughs> and there is. Yeah. It's called Don't Look Back. <laughs> Um, and the weird thing about this album is that, you know, there it's, it's said that Tom Schultz said the label pushed them to release it and they didn't think it was ready. They think it needed more songs, Hmm. but it's 34 minutes, which is perfect for me. And I don't, 
I don't know. I think what's on it is good. I don't know if they could have necessarily topped it. Maybe they could have, which is a big thing I love about the first album. Maybe they could have put kind of an odd instrumental like foreplay. Because the thing is, foreplay on the first album, there's never a song like that ever again. With that weird kind of like... It's almost like a jazzy bass line kind of thing with the piano over it. Um, That never happened again. Almost proggy a little bit. Um, And so maybe if they had put something like that, an interlude, a proggy interlude or something on here, maybe that's what uh, this album could, could use. Um, but I I always hear sorry I was I was just gonna say in in foreplay uh-huh. I always hear this what's that Megadeth album that starts off exactly like foreplay uh, now hear, hear me out dialectic chaos from Endgame bow 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 down 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 oh down. yeah yeah I never thought of that yeah that's a weird connection that's like, Endgame yeah I yeah. But yeah, what, what were you saying before I, I de- derailed it with some uh, yeah. mustain? That's what we do. We derail things around here. Um, <laughs> I, it's really like whenever I listen to this album or really any of their albums, and I've said it already, it's got to be a nightmare to try to follow up the, that first album. Um, because not, yeah. only, not only was it huge, but to me it's an album that is still a perfect album. Um, this one's a really good one. It's, it's a solid mm. attempt at following it up. Um, there is a little bit of repeating themselves in this album, but as we would find out, that's kind of the thing that they did. They just sort of repeated um, themes and, and styles of songs they had already done before to a lesser extent. Um, I will say, in terms of album art, it's my favorite. I think the album art on Don't Look Back is the coolest album cover of the lot. Do you know what the the, the thing that, that that's that's shocking to me is that I went to go grab my records and I go, oh, I, I have I have the first two albums. And I, apparently I don't. Apparently I only have Damn. the first one on vinyl. So I got to do something about that. I was sure that I had Don't Look Back on vinyl, but <laughs> don't know what happened to it. Um, so, yeah, um, I really do think that, you know, once I got to this album, because I told you I listened to them backwards. And when yeah. I finally got here and I started hearing that even at album number two, they were sort of repeating themselves. That's when I had that that realization of like, oh, so it's some sometimes there are these geniuses in their field that can produce one can produce one amazing thing, but it's never going to be equaled or topped and they kind of, like we said with Amanda, they kind of blow their wad, and then, and then the rest yeah. of it is like, well, they it's it's not going to live up to that. And so I feel like, you know, I, I don't fault Tom Schultz for keeping it going because why would you not? But at the same time, hmm. I'm like, I, I feel like everyone's outlook on them was probably like, oh, there's so much more they have to offer, and in fairness, they didn't have a lot more to offer. Um, hmm. But it's, don't look it's back. It's kind of like. So it's kind of like me with the uh, reverb on ten by Pearl Jam. Like, I love a lot of Pearl Jam, but mm-hmm. there's like this separation where you've got ten versus No Code, Vitalogy, so and so. You know, uh, 
watch our Pearl Jam episodes for uh, that little ranking because we have done Pearl Jam if you're interested. We did. Although I don't think we weren't doing videos at that point. So it'll just be looking at album covers on here. Um, Or if you're in the podcast world, then it doesn't matter. (laughs) I'm pretty sure as as well. I don't know if it's that one or the Cinderella episode where there's a really relaxing portion where you can hear the rain outside my window. Oh, I think that was a Cinderella episode where it just started pissing down. But yeah. Yeah, two bands that have virtually nothing in common. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Um, So, yeah, so I just feel like um, even even though it's definitely not as strong as its predecessor, uh, this album, like I said before, it's just a big old fucking 70s rock party, and I'm absolutely here for it. Um, Yeah. Even though it's a little, I guess it's a little bit less adventurous, but maybe that's not necessarily needed in in the case of what this album is because to, to this album hmm. for me i can't help but kind of in my brain just imagine this album being the soundtrack to like thousands of summertime makeout sessions and keggers and and because like, oh, totally. imagine like the follow-up to to that boston album every young person had to have gone out and bought this i mean i guess you said it didn't sell as much but I just kind of imagine this being the soundtrack to like some for a people of a certain age, like their Backseat action yeah. or just or just partying with their buds and or cruising or whatever the fuck they were doing. Like this feels like the best album to just like put it on and just have a fucking great time. And um, sometimes that's music that we need. And um, I think Don't Look Back is that album. I think it, it's a it's a fucking great album. Is it anywhere near our number one? I would say no, because you, we're literally going from an album that I would call a really great and fun album to one of the best rock and roll albums ever made in the history of rock and roll. Certified um, hood classic. <laughs> <laughs> Certified freak, seven days a week. Um, Wet ass P word. Make that pull out game week. Um, There's some horse so in this house. It's good. It's good. I'm gonna. I'm gonna try to get past that. Let Let's talk about this album that I just called one of the best rock and roll albums in the history of rock and roll. Um, I'll let I'll let you go first with the with your our our joint number one Boston album, which is called Boston, which is New Jersey <laughs> uh, from 1976. Cool. Uh, so. It's a diamond certified record for a damn good reason. Every single song on here is 70s rock radio staple gold. Yeah. Uh, I mean, more than a feeling alone. I mean, that is a fantastic song. One I'm still not tired of after all these years. Some songs have that replay thing of like, I never need to hear Don't Stop Believing ever again. And this is coming from... <laughs> yeah. like, this is this is coming from an 80s rock fan. And like whenever people bring up songs like Don't Stop Believing, um, you know, that's that's very much like the mainstream no deeper than surface level uh greatest hits on the radio knowledge. And then you've got me. I'm so far down the rabbit hole my hand isn't even on the screen at this yeah. point. Like, yeah, I check out this band called Return. They've got a song called Change the Attitude. It's a total anthem. Oh, yeah, they're from, like, uh, 
Norway or Sweden, and it was pretty good in '88. So, um, but don't yeah. but don't Return, start believing. Yeah. I, I you brought it up, so I gotta say that the, my argument with that song has always been that it doesn't go anywhere. There's no, no chorus. It, just keeps, it keeps going up. It doesn't. Yeah. But if you think about it, it doesn't actually build. It's the same chords over and over again for the entire thing. All they do is add yeah. a, another guitar and some different vocal melodies. But it's like, I just don't. I I don't. It's a good song. But mm. every time I hear it, I go, "Where's the? Can we? Where's the chorus of the song? Because yeah. there's no chorus. There's no. <laughs> it's like a. <laughs> in some songs, that's fine. But like that particular one, I I'm just like it. The hype over that song, I'm just like, I don't think it deserves it. Um, I'd rather listen to Separate Ways, way better Journey song in my opinion. Yeah, like that's the thing. There are Journey songs I fucking love. Speaking of, just in the, the this new season of Stranger Things, uh, Separate Ways is in that 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 season. Mm-hmm. Um, plus, I'm, speaking of I'm, speaking I'm, of big ass keyboards, yeah, pretty great. When we get to journey, killer song, killer <laughs> song, awful video, but I love it nonetheless. Oh, it's so like, good. it's so good. The fucking all yeah. the playing the keyboard against the wall kind of thing is like yeah. They clearly well, were having it, fun. It, yeah, but it's just the like. There's nothing here. <laughs> oh, yeah. I am literally playing air guitar. You know, it's like fucking, it's hilarious. And I, I, there are a few things more 80s than doing that and getting away with it. Like, yeah. <laughs> uh, um, but yeah. To, well, where speaking, was speaking of those separate ways, great song. Nowhere near anything that's on the first Boston album. So let's stop talking mm-hmm. about that shit. Yeah. Right. Uh, I'm going to load up because I want to see the statistics here. Oh. The amount, the plays on Spotify alone, right? The lowest played song on Boston's debut. Let me guess. Let me guess. Let me guess. It's um, Let Me Take You Home Tonight. Nope. Oh, shit. It's uh, something about you. And Okay. And that is still rapidly approaching... 10 million plays more than a feeling is 569,790,653 plays come on guys let's get that up to a billion let's do it yeah that, that deserves a billion man <laughs> holy shit um i i mean personally i think smoking deserves a billion i mean to is be that fair your, is that your favorite times, on the album that's my favorite boston song dude it just my, has such a special place in my heart my favorite From is that- pe- peace of mind. Peace of mind is, uh, um, yeah, I-, I love it so much, but it's one of those, I love it because it's one of those songs that, um, it has this really big chorus yeah. and you're like, I'm totally satisfied with this song. And then it gets to that. Take a look. I'm like, they literally added another layer of badass, and you're just like, oh, yeah. oh fuck. Like how this song was a perfect song and it became like unfuckwithable in its power of, of 70s rock awesomeness. And so uh yeah, I love man. It. it's my favorite. And it's also got that fucking that it's got that awesome chord progression that like and Pretty much every 80s rock band did that. Yeah. <laughs> like, at some point, like, on every album. But, 
Like, god damn. Like, the the sound of melodic hard rock was born here. Yeah. In, you know, to, to my ears. Um, peace of mind, like you say, one of two tracks on this record to have come to me through a GTA game. Uh, this Sweet. one was on GTA 5. I mean, again, great song. Tom mm-hmm. Schultz's guitar tone and harmonies make my ears feel really nice. Um, foreplay slash long time kick-ass organ and guitar duel intro leading into yet another great fucking song yeah rock and roll band just more great fun rock and roll and yeah it kind of hit it also hits home for musicians you know this is a very personal story you know Barely had enough money to survive, but which we, is we which is funny because they weren't actually a band at all, and it's just it's, it's a song yeah. about something that wasn't Boston at all at that point. But whatever. But I mean, they nailed the vibe. That's the thing. Yeah, yeah, I they mean, did. Smoking, like I said, is my personal favorite Boston song, and it appears on the KDST Classic Rock Radio Station, GTA San Andreas, like I said earlier. Um, and the organ solo in that has yeah. to be. One of the coolest things. Definitely my favorite organ ever. Like, the the only organ moment that remotely rivals the solo in, in this is that bit at the end of Jizzlobber in on Angel Dust. Oh, I, Though, thought, I thought you were going to stay in the same vein. I was like, I was like you're going to talk about Highway Star by Deep Purple? That has a pretty fucking badass keyboard solo in it. Uh, I still think the smoking solo is is cooler. Like, because there's, oh, no, so there's so many. I would agree. I would agree. Highway Star. Well, Deep Purple is. Fu- yeah. We gotta get to Deep Purple at some point. But that's that's a fucking we, undertaking right there. But, yeah, that is gonna be a big one. But it, like, whenever with, whenever with there's that, a band whenever there's a band that has mocks, I guess we did that with Toto. Like you know, it, yeah. it's like it's like Deep Purple Mach Four. I'm like, okay, we gotta get into mocks yeah. with this band. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude! Like Hitch a Ride. Great song, love the vibe here. Something about you is a great song, despite oh, being yeah. buried this late in the record, is still insanely catchy. Yeah. That's the thing. Like, arguably, from statistically, the album's deepest cut, still a great song. And let me take so, you home tonight is an excellent closer. The thing that you that you passed over with this album, because like this album to me is perfect, not only in all the songs kicking ass, but the sequencing of it. Because for some reason, I've always oh, loved, yeah. I've always loved smoking into is it hit, hit your rides the name of the song, right? Because that is yeah. like a smooth ass. That's like you literally like like it's an after sex. You're just hanging out smoking yeah. a cigarette or. All right. And it, it just yeah. the vibe of that song is so perfect, but it's just the way that everything plays out with the first two tracks, and then you get the little cool jazzy like interlude with foreplay. I mean, it's mm-hmm. every, and then even the way that it ends with "Let Me Take You Home Tonight," the way that song plays out, and it's almost like a big sing along kind of like a um, I don't know what you would call that, but it's just um, I just think that like everything about this album is so perfect and. I don't know what else I can say about it. <laughs> it's fucking perfect. <laughs> it's fucking perfect. Um, I mean, when it comes to when it comes to seventies rock, this is among the best records ever. Just a not only a classic but a groundbreaker in its sure. day. I mean, yeah. holy shit! The amount of people that came along were like, "Damn, that Tom Schultz guy is is a fucking great guy." I want. I want in on that Rockman action. And then everybody went out and got one of those Rockman things and ushered in the era of the chorus effect. A time where 
I would have reigned fucking supreme <laughs> were I not generationally fucked. But, um, you know, that's the thing. Like, I've said this before. I'm not one of these whiny people that says, music sucks now and I was born in the wrong generation. The only thing that bums me out, right, the main thing that does bum me out is I'll turn around and say, yeah, but all my favorite bands are on, like, farewell fucking tours now. I mean, like, you know... Yeah, there is that thing of that is kind of a bummer, and you have to let me admit something like that. Yeah, but yeah, but it, like, but it like also I say, it also um, makes it very clear that you know clearly music was better back then. If you, even you, a, a much younger person, is like, well, these are the bands that I think are the best, and they are all 30, 40 year old bands or whatever. You know, I, it's it's weird. I have tried to like think like really step back and think lately as to like i mean obviously video games set in the past are clearly how it happened mixed with you know seeing movies from the time and whatnot and Mm -hmm. just loving the vibe of it all um you know it it wasn't until i was about you know 14 that i really became self-aware that i realized i much preferred old old school stuff Mm -hmm. to a more modern modern thing and that's just the way my ears work, man. I can't, I well, can't change that. I think we've yeah. learned very recently that there's a quality and energy and something about older music that is just better. And people just need to be exposed to it. Because just think about like the, the two of the songs that have been talked about more than anything else over the past handful of weeks. One of them's from the two of them. Both of them are from the eighties, and yeah. one of them is they're they're both songs. That the styles of the songs, I'm talking Kate Bush and Metallica, you take both yeah. these songs, they, Wildly different. they're also nothing like anything that goes on today that's popular. So there's that part of me yeah. that goes, people just need to be exposed to this stuff. And then, and, and then, mm-hmm. then it's very clear that it's great. Um, it doesn't hurt that it's in a fantastic television show also, and also used <laughs> very well, I might add. But um, no, no spoilers, because I still got to catch up. But yeah. Yeah, I'm not I'm not gonna tell you what happened. I'm just talking about songs that are that are in it. I know. I've, I'm just on that preliminary thing right now where I'm like, I'm still on season two. Got to catch up. Oh, but, you're, yeah, uh, you're, yeah, you're doing a lot of catch up here. So, yeah, try don't go on the yeah. Internet at all. Um, I, yeah, until you're done trying like hell. <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, so it's like, so that, that, that's the sort of thing that like, it makes me feel like maybe justified a little bit in my thoughts on a lot of music because I go, well, clearly, you know, even if at the end of the day, they, everyone only listens to those two songs and then they go back to listening to, you know, Doja Cat or whatever. Um, it's, it's fine. But just the fact that like that stuff is good enough to where if it's brought to, to young people's attention, it becomes something yeah. that they enjoy. And that's, that, that's great. And I, I really do think that Boston is one of those albums that all it takes is one of these songs being included in something big that younger people are into. And I think it, this yeah. fucking whole album would blow up. Plus, plus they'd all be like, Oh, these are all songs that have been playing in my dad's car when I've been <laughs> driving. Yeah. Around. Um, Anyway, back to Boston, the back to this album, though, just to wrap it up. So to me, amazing album, the best sounding of all their albums, best energy, best songwriting, perfect album mm-hmm. in every way, all killer, no filler. To me, it, to me, it's just as enjoyable today as it was the first time I heard it however many years ago. 
Um, and, um, and the fact, the fact that this is the kind of album that in many ways hasn't been equaled by anybody, it makes sense mm-hmm. why people still love this band because it is, um, I wrote, I wrote down here that, that this album is 38 minutes of pure seventies rock bliss. Like that is mm. the best way to put the first Boston album. I just think that, um, yeah, I mean the the only thing the only gripe that I could ever hear and and really listen to is like uh, sure it's maybe it's overplayed maybe you hear it way too much because you sometimes you can't do anything about it you can be like well don't listen to the radio oh but I got to go to the grocery store okay well then yeah <laughs> yeah it's like because they are some of them especially more than a feeling is a song that you just hear a lot mm. um, but but I'm I'm not bored of it though that's no. one of those songs that's immune to me although I will say the radio version pisses me off when they cut out some of the solo like the solo is my favorite part yeah and when there's like this where there's this edit that like halves the length of the solo I'm like man you just cucked me with the whole like first half of the song it's like edging me and never getting there you know <laughs> yeah yeah that's awful that, um yeah but yeah our our, our, our <laughs> Sorry, our joint number one of uh, of this episode, uh, the the debut album from Boston, and yes, and that was uh, that was fun. Oh yeah, three three two one, yeah, yeah, we did it! Yeah. Hell yeah, um, Boston, um, yeah. So uh, that was that was fun. It's ni- it's nice to do like a shorter discography because we, we I think we did two in a row of like longer ones and i'm just like yeah i like i like these shorter ones i think we're next the next one we're doing is going to be kind of short too so um it gives us gives us more room to fuck around have you seen this stress stress ball it's a butt (laughs) i've never i know that's interesting it's weird it's weird that it looks like it's wearing a diaper but okay it's yeah it's it's actually just wearing a wearing a thong Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I feel yeah. less stressed already. Um, <laughs> all right, guys. It's nice that, to look at. That is, uh, <laughs> yeah, that is uh, this episode of Cranked and Ranked uh, for Boston. Thank you for joining us. Those of you who lasted this long, you know who you are. You are the peanut butter platypuses. Butter platypuses. And um, we'll be back next week with another uh, discography. Like I said, it'll be a, a shorter one again and a, and a pretty fun one in a very different way then mm. uh boston is fun um but you have any parting words for the for the peeps nah dude okay. boston fucking rules man yeah go park the car in harvard yard yeah <laughs> go um, boston um <laughs> you're getting a- your grinder on my grinder <laughs> 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 All right. Well, before before we completely um um end this in a huge mess, um let's 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 get the fuck out of here. Thank you very much for uh listening and for watching whichever one you do. And as usual, cool. I'm going to throw it over to Mr. Eddie Sparks to take us out. Great.